Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk. At the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727 501 9090. That's 727 501 9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727 501 9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. My name's Roger, sir. May I be of some help? That's funny. My name's Roger. Two Rogers don't make a right. <laughs> Roger, I have a problem. Yes. I've been in L.A. for three months now. I have money, I have taste. But I'm not on anybody's A-list, and Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week for me. Well, a Ferrari would certainly change that. Perhaps. Hmm. But you know, this is the one. Yes, yes, yes. I saw three of these parked outside the local Starbucks this morning, which tells me only one thing. There's too many self-indulgent wieners in this city with too much bloody money. Now, if I was driving a 1967 275 GTB 4 cam, you would not be a self-indulgent wiener, sir. You would be a connoisseur. Precisely. Champagne would fall from the heavens, doors would open, velvet ropes would part. I don't have one here. However, I... You have one in the warehouse. Superb. What else do you have in the warehouse? Set the way back machine. Yes, sir, Mr. Peabody. This is Bill Warner of the Amelia Island Concord Delegates, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run to the computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can go to our podcast page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you can listen to all 200 and close to 300 shows. Right, Bobby? How are you doing this evening, bub? I'm doing fine. What's the count now? Do you know offhand? Is it like uh, close to 300, isn't it? Getting somewhere it's around. about to hit 290. About to hit 290. Okay, that's real close. You know what? We've been doing this five and a half years in May. It will be six years. That's pretty incredible, don't you think? There we're coming up. We've had some pretty, pretty, pretty amazing guests in the last five and a half years, and we're about to get many, 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 many more. You know, We're kind of doing a cross-section here. We're getting people that are obviously TV celebrities, racers, 
and uh, you know designers, builders, you know well-known super super car guys, and of course we, every once in a while we get the average Joe like us, right, Bobby? That's right. The guy that owns a 1973 Pinto station wagon. He's That's, important. He's important. Speaking of 1973 Pinto station wagons. Listen, <laughs> was it last year that we drove? No, it was the year before. When did we drive the Pinto station wagon to the upcoming Cruising the Capital Car Show in downtown Clearwater? Was that last year or the year before? That was last year. That was last year. Okay. We drove our little Pride and Joy, our little Arizona rust-free 1973 Pinto station wagon, factory four-speed, factory two-liter, and dealer-installed air to... The cruise in the Capital Car Show. Now, this year, it's going to be on Sunday, the 14th of February. And yours truly will be there. We will have our tent set up there for Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the radio show. We'll have some stuff from Gulfstream Motorsports and, of course, Speed Culture. And while we're on the subject of Speed Culture, I think it's time for the Speed Culture Minute. I'm on the phone! <laughs> So, uh, who's that, Bobby? Is that what I call? Was that a caller? <laughs> Don't make me come up. I'm sorry, I gotta call you back. <laughs> is that the guy that has that uh, Star Wars website? Is that who that is? I think it's the Angry Car Guy. Yeah, the Angry Car Guy. Okay, but anyway, so uh, this year, what we're gonna do, and we haven't done this in the past, but we've been asked if we could assist with judging. So this year, they're gonna have awards presentation, which is really, really cool. Now. Most of you that uh, know me know that I'm uh, involved with Festivals of Speed, and I'm the MC for Festivals of Speed, and I'm also one of the, uh, I'm not going to say head judge, chief judge, or anything like that, but I have some influence with the uh, judges at Festivals of Speed. and uh, Which so, is coming up. Which is also coming up in April, right? It will be in St. Petersburg at the Vinoy. And uh, one of our fellow radio guests, our show hosts, will be down there. Bobby, who is that? You want to go ahead and give the intro for Rick? Rick's his own at Rocket Sports and Entertainment Show. He'll be down there, along with the many others from the Tantalk Radio Network. We are actually going to have a Tantalk Radio Network tent down there, so you'll get to come by and talk to all the show hosts. In fact, if you want to host your own show down there, we can help you sign up for that that's yeah. right. You can sign up to host your own radio show for less than the cost of a 60-second announcement on many Tampa Bay stations. Uh, oh, do we have that thing? Go ahead. You find that? Cue up that thing. That you know what? Here's here's how. This is how I wound up on the station. Here, it's it's kind of funny because uh, about ten years no, not ten years ago, six years ago, I guess it was. I used to drive to work in St. Pete, and every morning I would hear this commercial. Do you have that commercial queued up, Bobby? Can you find that? The uh, one, please. We don't have that one. No, that's well. Dead. <laughs> Okay, no, 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 but it's on our, it's in our folder, isn't it? Somewhere, I think we saved that. But anyway, it used to go something to the effect that, hey, you ever listened to a talk radio show and said, I can do that? Have you ever listened to a talk radio show and said, I could do that? Well, you're right, you can, right here on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Well, you can, you know, and then, of course, it comes on with the other deal. And I heard that for six months straight, so finally one day I decided to call the number. Get the facts by calling 727-510-7622. That's 727 area code 510-7622. Call 510-7622 now and reserve your Tan Talk Network program. It says, yeah, just uh, call 510-7622 now. 
the Irish Hawaiian Lola O'Brien, right? Or something to that Lola effect. Lola O'Brien, the Irish Hawaiian, or Lola Jean, the broadcast queen. By calling Lola Jean the broadcast queen. Yeah, something Same like one. That. Same one, yeah. So, uh, you know, downtown Dave used to say that over and over and over. Lola Jean, the broadcast queen. Lola Jean, the broadcast queen. Lola Jean, the broadcast queen. Well, guess what? Here, six years later, just about, I'm sitting here, right? So, and um, uh, so we want to know those dates. Uh, Amelia Island Festivals of Speed, March 12th. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Don't and St. Pete, we got March, April April 3rd. April 3rd. Okay, so, uh, yeah, March, uh, what did you say it was? 12th, right? March 12th and April 3rd. Okay, super, super, super. So make sure you check out the website, festivalsofspeed.com. Now, the uh, Speed Culture Minute, we're back to that real quick. And, of course, this week, last week... We were at Meekum's, Meekum Cars, Meekum, Meekum, Meekum all week long. This week is the spectacular Scottsdale Collector Car Week. But before we go into the Scottsdale Collector Car Week, we actually may have a guest coming on here a little bit. And uh, they're involved in a very, very, uh, very, very important aspect of those of us that uh, collect cars and want to own cars. So with a little luck, he'll be calling in here at uh, any moment. But in the meantime, I'm going to go back to what Bobby and I did this past weekend. Now, there was a number of events going on, as usual. And if you follow and if you've downloaded the Speed Culture app, uh, you know where all the events are. Now, there was, like, there was the, for the Porsche 356 guys, along with all the regular, you know, cool car shows that are taking place all over the state. The kind of the key one was, for the 356 Porsche guys, there was the Gathering of the Faithful that was up at the Mission in in uh, Mount Dora, then there was up at the uh, there was a racetrack, or actually it's an airport in North Florida, and uh, up around the Ocala area, and there was this uh, I forget what they call it, but it was something to the effect of you basically run your car out there as fast as you possibly can, and uh, you can uh, try to break the speed of sound, and it takes place at a I guess it's, I'm not going to say it's an abandoned um, uh, a run uh, airfield, but it's an airfield that's up there. It's kind of like a private airfield, and what they did is you can lease the airfield and basically go out there and you can have these uh, high-speed events. So that's basically what it was. It was a high-speed event. And um, that was pretty cool. And for those of us that uh, were interested in what's going on in South Florida, there was a pretty amazing event down there, and I was pretty impressed with it. It was called the Palm Beach Cars and Coffee, and... I would have to say that there was, what, probably a 1,000 cars down there, Bobby? Yes. They kept piling in. It started. It was between 8 and uh, 12 p.m. at the is it Palm Lakes? Uh, Palm Shop- Beach Outlets. Palm Beach Outlets. Okay, right off I-95. And, uh, One of the biggest. Cars and coffees in the, in the state Co- of Florida. Co- yeah. yeah, in the state of Florida. Yeah. And there, what was really interesting about it, it just goes to show you how cool the car culture is and how much camaraderie. You had Ferraris, Porsches, Mustangs, Camaros, Challengers. Uh, boats, uh, trucks, motorcycles, just everything was there, you know. And what was really cool is you might have, sure, you had a group of Mustangs and you had a group of Challengers over here and you had a group of Porsches over here and a group of Ferraris over here and Datsuns and things of that nature. But, you know, if you if you got there early, you got your little group. But if you didn't get there in the group, you just kind of like parked anywhere. So you might have a Ferrari next to a Volkswagen, next to a Datsun, next to a Mustang, next to a Camaro, next to a Cougar or something like that or a, a Roadrunner or something. And everybody just got along fine. It was pretty cool. And the cross-section of people that were there was also very amazing because you had people that were Bobby's age and you had kids 
Okay, and then he had guys, uh, you know, tw- twenty years my senior with in their seventies. So, and everybody was having a good time. I mean, there was food there, there was vendors there. It was a pretty cool event. But the highlight of the weekend was the Cavalino, and I had always wanted to go to the Cavalino, but unfortunately, it always fell on a week where I was either in Scottsdale because it's the week before or the week after. And normally on Scottsdale, you have. Oh yeah. I like that. Go ahead, play that. Fire we're going to start talking about that. <laughs> Since we're going to be talking about Ferraris, and, uh, and, and in fact, if you guys remember the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he was driving a 1962 Ferrari uh, California Spider. And there were probably five or six of those down there, wasn't there, Bobby? You know, Easy. Anywhere from 58 to um, 62 Spiders, 250 Spiders, and the later ones, I think 60, 61, 62, are called California Spiders. Those cars are selling in the mm, $20 million range now. I recall going to Scottsdale, Arizona four years ago, and there were $2 million. Then they went to $7 million. Then they went to $12 million. Well, the car that was found in the estate in France that was sold at Retromobile, the auction there, that car was there, and it was a very, very original. We need to post that on our website uh, on our and our Facebook page. Um, that car was there, and what did you think of that, Bobby? That was a survivor car, and the, the purchase price on that car, with all in, all the juice, as they call it, you know, which is uh, all the fees and stuff like that, was close to $20 million. It yes. Was, it hammered at 18 and change, so by the time you pay the percentage and everything like that, you're, you're $20 million. And then on the other side of the show field, there was a perfectly restored one. There was actually three or four of them there. There was a red one, the Rosso Robino, right? Okay. And Azura Blue, which is the Azure Blue. Beautiful. These cars... These cars never looked that good when they were brand new, but keep in mind, you're talking $20, $30 million cars, so they have to be perfect. They were too nice to drive. They were like jewelry. You know, I mean, we we used to say artwork, but they're like jewelry, like mere finish. It's just incredible. And I was so impressed. But at any rate... So we went to the Cavalino, and they have it's broken up into like little different areas. It's right there at the Breakers Hotel in West Palm Beach, and uh, so at the front of the hotel, off to the side, there's like these gardens, and uh, they're shrouded in you know beautiful landscaping and and stonework and very Italian looking, basically very European looking because the Breakers is kind of a very historic hotel, by the way, and um, you can Google it. It's on the historic registry, I believe. And uh, so they had the cars in one little area. Then a little further down, they had them broken up and grouped in another little area, prototypes and one-off cars. And then they had um, the more production cars, the, the 60s cars. And then they, as he went further down the show field, closer to the, uh, to, the, to the street area, actually, on the lawn is where he had all the late model Ferraris. And, but it was, really, it was a really interesting crowd. And it's not like you go to a typical event where people were um, – it, it was very – you know, it's like you had to kind of know somebody there. It wasn't like your typical car show where, you know, people were extremely approachable. They were approachable if you knew them, you know, because but you're talking with the upper 1%. I mean, let's just call it what it was, you know. But yet everybody was nice and everybody was friendly. And if you walked up to somebody's vintage $10, $15 million Ferrari or his $5 million Ferrari or something like that, they still talked to you. You could still uh, talk to them and, and ask questions, and the stuff was absolutely incredible. The one thing I thought was kind of interesting, though, and, Bobby, you noticed this as well, it was very windy down there, and it was cold, okay? And, uh, and of course, you're right on the Atlantic and everything like that. And here we have these cars, these 4 and 5 and $6 million cars, $20 million cars, and they're actually on the show field, and they're underneath palm trees. Well, some of these palm trees have kind of like uh, these big, giant coconut-looking things. Yeah. 
And so I'm not so sure I'd want my two, three, four million dollar Ferrari sitting next to a coconut tree in a very, very windy day because one dent would probably cost you like five thousand dollars or more, ten thousand dollars, who knows? And if it damaged a piece of molding or a glass and got into the interior, it could be in the tens of thousands. You know, but hey, you know, they, nothing happened, and uh, everybody had a great time. The cars were spectacular. I mean, this, the layout, the venue. Uh, we got a chance to talk to uh, my good friend um, Jim Kaminsky. He was the uh, president of the Lamborghini Club. Uh, Bruce Myers was there. He's been on a radio show. And uh, let's see who else we run into. Uh, Derek Bell, the race car driver, he's been on a radio show. I mean, just it was just a really cool, eclectic group of car guys. Okay, so that's what took place on Saturday. Now, Sunday, we besides the Palm Beach Cars and Coffee, we had an opportunity to go to, and this is a, kind of a chance of a lifetime, we actually had a chance to go to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, Mar-a-Lago, right? Did I say it about, about you? Yes, and Lago. They, and they do, I think, one or two car events their year. One is it's uh, the Cavalino. This was the 25th year for the Cavalino. And it was absolutely the the piece of property, the hotel, which again is on the historic registry, is is outstanding. It's it borders the intercoastal and then it's on is it Beach Drive, Ocean Drive? What's out front there? Ocean. Ocean and then Ocean a, Drive. Okay, and then across the street is the basically the pool house, which is mm-hmm. probably six, seven thousand square feet in itself with a giant, you know, uh fifty thousand gallon pool or something <laughs> of that nature. And then of course there you have the Atlantic Ocean. And the Atlantic Ocean was absolutely gorgeous. The perfect colors, very aqua looking, you know, nice not not heavy waves, just kind of a you new know, nice rolling uh, crest coming, you know, waves coming in. It was pretty pretty impressive. I mean, it was, you know, that's multi bazillion gazillion dollar row there. Just unbelievable homes, unbelievable architecture, just really really cool. But Mar a Lago, the event, the uh, they had just amazing cars. Now at the Cavalino at the Breakers, it was all Ferraris. At Mar a Lago, you had. Mid fifties classics. Uh, a friend of ours brought their nineteen sixty one Chrysler three hundred convertible. Another friend of ours had their Mike Flynn from Hollywood Wheels had his um, had his uh, Imperial fifteen Imperial there. There was a uh, 1935, 36, 37 Auburn uh, Speedster there. There was two SLs, you know, vintage sixties cars, three hundred SLs there. There was a number of Ferraris. There was a Ford GT there. There was just just an eclectic group of cars. But there were some, and there was a Bugatti race car there. There was one car that won the award, best show, was the Asoto Francini. I think if I pronounce that right, just an absolute incredible piece of automobile history, workmanship, uh, just just outstanding. Um, I just got a cue. We have our, one of our guests coming on the line right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of you guys out there, you know, you there's, uh, you know, some of these cars are creeping up in value a little bit, okay? So, you know, it used to be in the old days when you bought our Trans Am, you bought your Camaro, you bought your Mustang, you know, they're three, four, five grand. Well, now with the cost of restoration and things of that nature, some of these cars are approaching 20, 30, 40, 50,000, 100,000. If you were following Meekum this week, you know, some of those cars were in the multi-million dollars. Well, that's a lot of money. Now, a lot of guys might not want to shell out that money, but what they might want to do is they might want to finance those kind of cars. So our guest for the evening is the president or the founder and president of J.J. Best. J.J. Best is probably the largest collector car financing company in the country, and I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening John Melbourne. John, are you there? Hello, Robert. How are you? Good evening. How are you doing today? Pretty good. So you're calling all the way. You're where? Massachusetts? We're in New Bedford, Massachusetts, which is down the south coast of Massachusetts. And we have about a foot worth of snow here, Rob. And I don't know exactly where you're calling or where you are, but we have about a foot worth of snow here. We had quite a snowstorm the other day. 
Did you really? Well, we're down here in sunny Florida on the West Coast in the Tampa Bay area. Okay. Well, my brother lives down in Sarasota, not very far away from you, Robert. Okay, yeah, he's just an hour down the road. So uh, so how often do you get to Florida? Um, <laughs> uh, not that much anymore. I used to do a lot of shows down there. I've become very, very busy, and some of the staff members go to the shows now. But uh, we've certainly done an awful lot of shows in the last 25 years in Florida. I think we've done the Fort Lauderdale show uh, for probably at least 20, 22 years or so. Okay, that's um, Dave Rupp's show? Yeah, Dave Rupp and uh, and uh, his associate there have been good to us, and uh, we've done to that show a lot. You know, we do RM, we do American Options, we do uh, the show up in uh, uh, Daytona, we do the turkey run up there. Uh, we do the show that American Auctions has down in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, we we Florida is one of our better, better states. We do business in California, Texas, and Florida, and usually California, Texas are our busiest states, where Florida is usually number three, Robert. Okay. Now Scottsdale Week is going to be next week. Are you guys going to be out in Scottsdale? Yeah, we have uh, we have a lot of people on the ground right now in Arizona. They're all they're all there tonight. Uh, so we are participating in the uh, uh, silver auction, which we have for probably well over 20 years. Uh, we're a sponsor at the Russo and Steel Show, uh, and we are also a sponsor at American Auctions, which is owned by RM. But we do not usually attend the RM auction. So we're, we're there on the ground in, in, uh, in uh, Scottsdale and have been for many, many years over the last 25 years. It's usually a good show. I see the market slowing down a little bit here, Robert, as far as values. Uh, we were at a show uh, in New York recently where they expected to get $32 million for this Ferrari. And I think this the Ferrari finally bought about $26.5 million, so that's a big, uh, big drop from the high end of the market, the Ferrari market. But we see values slipping a little bit through, uh, through the last three to four months. Uh, we watch the auction results very carefully because the collateral we lend on is uh, we want to make sure it's not depreciating very much. Interesting. Well, now give us a little history on how J.J. Best came to uh, came to fruition. So you're the founder and president. How long ago did you start it, and then what's your background a little bit? Approximately 25 years ago. I'm an old-time guy. I'm 67 years old, Robert, so I've been around the the financing world and the, and the banking world and the securities world for a long time. Uh, I had a mortgage company in the mid-80s, and prior to that, I had my own seat on the stock exchange. Really? And uh, decided, yeah, I decided to go out, and, uh, and uh, it was easier to uh, give money away and get paid for it rather than try to take it in and get paid for it. So that's the short story. And uh, in the 80s, I had a mortgage company, and by the uh, early 90s, I had started J.J. Best Banking Company. And we're a licensed lender in uh, just about every state in the United States now. And, um, you know, we built the business slowly. I have a very, very good staff. Most of my staff members have uh, been with me for many, many years, 16, 17 years. Uh, we have a talented, hardworking staff that knows what they're doing, and we lend to people with good credit that have uh, good incomes uh, that are going to pay us back in a timely manner. And that's why our rates are very low. Our rates are about a 3.99 to 599, maybe 699, somewhere in that range. And uh, we usually can get someone approved on the line 
on uh, on the internet in maybe two or three, four minutes, and we can email them contracts in five minutes. So a very convenient lender for people to uh, borrow money from. We've got good rates, long terms, no prepayment penalty, and uh, we're very convenient to to do a loan with. Uh, we're we do about thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven shows a year uh, throughout the United States, all over the place, and we do loans at these shows. We do them on the internet in our office. We do them on the telephone. So we're a pretty convenient lender for people that want to buy a you know fifty six Jaguar or a sixty sixty six Corvette or you know whatever they want to buy. Uh, we, we our loan started about six thousand dollars. And we'll end up to about a million and a half on the high end. Above that, we usually don't like to do loans. Okay. Now, I got since you're in the, in, in the in the lending business, I'm going to ask two questions. One, why did you choose cars? And my guess is probably from a liquidity liquidity standpoint. And then, my next question, and it's going to take a little while for you to answer that one, because I have an issue with the credit score thing, okay? But let's just go ahead, and you probably might be the perfect person to ask that question to. But tell us why you decided to go with cars. I love cars like you do. For the same reason you're talking on the radio about uh, antique and classic cars. I enjoy cars, even though I'm in a climate that is not very conducive to automobile driving and uh, and taking care of wonderful uh, Concord Elegant-style cars, but... Uh, I love cars. I always have. My dad had some some nice cars when I was growing up, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to lend on. It's the lifestyle that I chose. I was able to make a successful business out of it after 25 years, and uh, it's fun. But it's you know we're in the lending business, and uh, you got to make sure people pay you back, and uh, that sometimes it's not easy. We've got a very sophisticated analytical uh, system that we use to determine the credibility and and pay history of a person, and um, we turn, unfortunately, a lot of people down because we don't think they're going to pay us back, and uh, we could be wrong on that, but that's you know, that's the lending world that we're in. Uh, we want to make sure, because our rates are very low, that we get paid back. And, uh, you know, there's a million different analytical analyzations of, of, uh, of credit scoring, and uh, some of them are right and some of them are wrong. Uh, some of the people that I thought we'd have delinquency problems with, we haven't. And some of the people that I thought we'd, uh, that would always pay us back on time didn't. They had bankruptcies, they lost their job, they had medical problems. One of our biggest problems is that people die on us because we lend to, you know, usually people that are in their 50s, 40s, and 50s, and uh, they die. And uh, that's probably our biggest delinquency back from the last year or so, Robert. We've had a lot of deaths on loans, and... Uh, that's not a good thing for either one of us. No, that's so, not good. But I'm sure you have in mortgage, or uh, what do they call that? There's a certain type of insurance you have for that, right? Uh, well, not really. Mortgage. No, we don't have insurance. We don't have insurance for that. The gentleman dies, and most of our clients are gentlemen uh, rather than women, and we all love women. But uh, most of the people in our industry, in our hobby, are men. But uh, no, they die, and you know the loan stops getting paid, and usually the widow wants to. If there is a widow wants to sell the car right away or give it back to us, we don't want it. But that's interesting. One of the, uh, things that we do. Interesting. So, yeah, we just had two cars in the last couple of weeks that came back that way. So okay. and we don't want the automobiles, but the widow doesn't know what to do with them. So anyway, that's the bad end of the business. Okay. Now let me ask you this. Let's just digress for a second. I know because my background really is real estate and construction. So. Um, 
I understand the mortgage business a little bit. Back in the old days when I was younger in the 70s and stuff, you basically, you know, we got loans based on equity and ability to service the debt. That's the term that they used, okay? So basically, you know, with a lending institution, I'm going to use banks because most of them were, let's say, like a local neighborhood bank. You could walk in there, and if they knew who you were, you know, and a lot of it was based on relationships too, which was very important as well. And so you got a loan, and you used whatever you had as collateral, and then you, you made your payments. Now, in those days, you could walk in there, and you can say, look, you know, I'm gonna, uh, things are going to get a little slow for me here a little bit. What can we work out? And then, you know, you went, let's say, like maybe interest only for a while, or they gave you a little break, and then you, 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 you doubled up on some payments down the road or something like that with some, some uh, you know, um, principal because uh, you, you might have gone interest only for a short period of time. But at any rate, so then this guy comes up with this credit, course, this credit score deal, which I think is a, a farce, quite frankly. And so here you have a guy sitting home in front of his computer in his, in his sneakers, and he's, he works at McDonald's, and he's got a really good credit score because he's only bought a hamburger, and he's got a credit card with a $300 limit on it, and he occasionally pays it off. Um, and whether he pays it off in full or whether he pays it off on a monthly basis until there's no debt on it, and then he runs it back up again, but he stays within his range. Suddenly, this guy's got a six, seven, eight hundred uh, points credit credit score, and yep. But but yet a guy that's got a lot of equity in this property, but he's falling on hard times, for example, you know. And then suddenly, you know, uh, let's say he's got uh, real estate, for example, or his job got uh, hammered or something like that, and now he gets behind, so he goes in there and tries to cut a deal, and they say, nope, no deal. Um, you know, you're getting your slow pay, and pretty soon you're no pay because obviously you have to take care of the essentials first. Then what happens to that guy? He's basically cast out on the street, and his credit is ruined for you know five, six, seven years or something, like that, or he has to file BK or something. So, what are your thoughts on that? And <laughs> and, and and what loaded, would it take? Kind of a loaded, a loaded question. Well, I know, and then um, uh, we no, have. No, no, I'll, I'll answer the question. Please. Sure. First of all, I'm very familiar with equity lending. I I'm very familiar with. Uh, lending to people on real estate that have a poor credit score and have economic problems and things like that. That's not what we do. We don't lend someone $100,000 on a car because the car is worth 200 That's not the business I'm in. I'm not interested in being that business. Apparently, there's people out there that like to do that. I don't. Right. I lend to people that want to pay us back and, and that have good credit histories. And we don't just look at the credit score. I mean, the credit scores have become very, very sophisticated, Robert. And, you know, I think these credit scores are a lot smarter than I am. And I've been looking at credit scores for 30 years, so I'm pretty familiar with credit scores. But we go a lot deeper than that. If, if someone has, you know, a 560 or a 600 credit score, which is a low score for us, we'll analyze the deal. I mean, the guy might have $300,000 worth of credit card debt, which is a tremendous amount of credit card debt. But he may earn $3 million a year, so it's not a lot of credit card debt. We analyze all these things. You know, we're a fair lender. We're we're a low-rate lender that likes to lend to people that aren't borrowing. You know, they're borrowing $20,000, dollars $50,000. They want a four, five, six hundred dollars $600 a month payment that makes sense to them and makes sense to us. So the credit scoring thing as well as we, we analyze things based on the six criteria. And certainly one of them is credit score, and that has a lot to do with, with what we do. But we're not in the in the equity lending business like there's a lot of people that are in the real estate world that do equity lend. But don't forget, we're a regulated lender, and, and we can't be lending to people uh, that have 500 credit score or 450 or, you know, even a 600 credit score sometimes. We're regulated. So the regulators will say, well, why are you lending this person money? You know, it's his debt-to-income ratio is 80% or 
Uh, you know, he had a bankruptcy six months ago and, and that type of thing. With, through the regulations that we have to abide by now, we can't do that anymore. So <clears throat> we may have been able to do it 10 years ago, but today we are so heavily regulated by all the different states as well as the federal government and the new Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that we can't do it anymore. So that that's sort of a, a little bit of the short answer and a little bit of the long answer to, uh, to to your question. But we do not lend to someone that has plenty of equity with bad credit on their automobile. Gotcha. All right. Now, another thing is, is, and I know I've been to, and we're down here in Clearwater, so there may be some companies here that you might be familiar with. There's... Uh, sure. Yep. Streetside, Gateway, Golden Classics, uh, PJ's Auto World. These are companies that are down here in the Tampa Bay area. And I know... know them all well. Okay. Yeah, we know all those companies well. Okay. Now, I, they're all... See, I used to be in the salvage yard business. So when I was in the wreckage yard business, the ones over here in Clearwater, like PJ's and Golden Classics, they're still customers of mine, and occasionally I sell them used parts. But I was, I've been to their places on a number of occasions when someone from J.J. Best or a rep from you guys, comes out and does a walk around on the car. Take us through that process. In other words, if you're up there in, in, in Massachusetts and Joe Blow, you know, uh, Jeff Smith is over here in Tampa, Florida, and he wants to buy a car and his credit is okay, but you guys want to actually do a physical inspection on the car, how do you go about that process? We have 1,500 inspectors, Robert, that are uh, throughout the United States that will do a... Uh, a collateral, we call it collateral verification. It's not an inspection of the car. We don't analyze or appraise that car or tell anyone what it's worth from the outside. We have an independent inspection company that has 1,500 inspectors that would go out and inspect that car to make sure it's, the collateral gets verified. We've had a tremendous amount of fraud over the last uh, many years. So one of the issues is we want to make sure of two things when that person goes out and uh, does the inspection of the car. The VIN number matches and the car exists. Uh, so even though the person may not know the front end from the back end of the car, that's okay. They're going to do two things for me. They're going to make sure the car exists and they're going to make sure the VIN number matches. And they may go into PJs or any other place you mentioned and, you know, maybe something knows nothing about cars and, person gets insulted because the person doesn't know a lot about cars, but nevertheless, he's not there to know a lot about the car. He's not there to do two things first, make sure the car exists and make sure the VIN number matches. How many cars do you finance a year, and, and, and is there a certain geographic area that you finance more than others? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Texas, California, Florida are our biggest states. We certainly do more cars in, uh, in Texas. Than we do in uh, in uh, Maine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're a, substan- we're a substantial company. I mean, we uh, it's a private firm. I own the company, and we don't divulge our our income or uh, how many loans we do a year. But it, it's substantial, and okay. we're the we're the lender of choice by uh, the. Uh, vast, vast majority of classic car dealers in the United States because we have low rates, fair terms, and we're very quick and convenient for the borrower. Okay. Now give us the pros and cons versus leasing and financing and owning the car. Give us uh, a little synopsis on that. Well, I'm not going to give anyone tax advice uh, on the radio, Robert, but, uh, you know, I don't understand... uh, 
from a tax point of view necessarily why people would want to do a leasing on a, on a vehicle. Okay. Uh, we know the people that are in the leasing world pretty well, and uh, they, they have their own niche. We have our own niche. Uh, most of our borrowers are borrowing twenty-five to seventy-five thousand. Uh, a lot of the lease customers, uh, you can't do a lease with them unless you're borrowing fifty thousand dollars. And a lot of the leasing people aren't really hobbyists; uh, they're into more of the exotic automobiles rather than the classics, like we are. Okay. Now, would you say that, um, like, when you do your loans, what's the term of your loans? Are they? Two-year loans, three loans, five-year, seven-year? You know, I mean, or can I kind of tailor it? We'll do a loan for five years through ten years with no prepayment penalty. So if someone wants to pay it off in a month, they can do that. If someone wants to pay it off for two years, they can do that. Oh, excellent. Now, is it, is it a typical amortized loan, or can they do interest only with, with a, like, a balloon payment or no, something? They're all, they're all amortized. There's simple interest amortizing loans, um, so the principal is paid down every month. It's a small fraction of the principal is paid down. The first, you know, as the term goes on, obviously you're paying a lot more principal in the in the 58th month as opposed to the second month. Right. Well, now does strictly simple interest. The best loan you can have. It's a simple interest amortizing five year loan. Okay. Now let me ask. Let me throw this at you. Rule 78. Does Rule 78 still apply in an amortized loan? No, it does not, and that's uh, more of a leasing factor than a uh, than, than with us because it'd be a free penalty. There's basically a free penalty, payment penalty in that type of loan. Okay. Or simple interest loan. Okay. Now, for example, let's say what determines. I can tell you're a real estate. I can tell you're a real estate guy now, Robert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me ask you this now. The uh, yeah, we, uh, one thing we don't have in, in your world is due on sale clause. I don't think they still have that anymore, but I'm sure you remember that from back in the 70s and 80s. Um, yeah, that really <laughs> but uh, the um, the loans. Okay, so let's say for example, my credit's not exactly perfect, but it's kind of still like borderline. If I put more money down, will that enable me to get a loan through you guys? Yes, it does, Robert. Okay. That's sometimes uh, colloquially referred to as skin in the game. Yes, we, we'll do that. Uh, if someone's taking a uh, loan out and only putting 10% down and they have a little reduced score, we may turn that loan down. But if that person says to us, hey, I want to put 30 or 40 or 50% down, that may change the uh, credit decision on that loan to a positive credit decision. Okay. Now let me throw this one at you. Let's just say I have a car, and let's say the car's worth thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000, and I want to get money against that car. Would you be in a position to do that? Yeah, sure. We can re- <clears throat> We've been asked that a lot over the years. We, we will refinance or finance a car that is already owned, and we do a lot of financing because our rates are low. We'll do a lot of refinancing with people that have a lease or they borrow their money from their local bank or their credit union and our rate is a lot lower. So we'll refinance these those loans and or we will allow them to, to borrow equity on the uh, on the vehicle they have. Okay. Uh, so that's that's pretty straightforward. Uh, we we do some restoration loans, not many because uh, it gets very complicated because the, the there could be a mechanics lien put on the car by the mechanic if it's not finished. It gets very complicated. But we occasionally do a uh, restoration loan to someone if they're doing a $100,000 restoration on a $200,000 car. And uh, when it's finished and they want to borrow seventy five or something like that, we'd probably do that loan. 
Okay, that I was that was one of my next questions. In other words, let's just say I had a vintage Jaguar, let's just say an E-type Jag, okay, which is probably a two hundred fifty thousand dollar car, a Series One. And right now the car, and it just so happens I know of that exact scenario. A friend of mine has a Series One and a half E-type Roadster. It's been sitting there. It's going to take eighty thousand dollars to probably restore the car. Now that's on the high side, okay. So if that car. Based on auction, and I used to, and I write occasionally for Sports Car Market. I do some of their auction analysis reports, and, and in fact, I've covered Russo a number of times while I was out there. And Auctions America well, we, we and know, Gooding. We know, we know Keith. We know Keith Martin very, very well. Keith is also a friend of mine, so I uh, know we've been advertising in his magazine for many, many, many years. Okay. So, like on this. But it's funny you mentioned this Jaguar. We just did a Jaguar the other day for sixty-five thousand. It was a Series One, and it was a. Uh, it was basically a restoration loan. We just did one the other day for sixty-five thousand. Okay, so if the car has double the equity, or let's say two-thirds, well, I, yeah, I'm not going to give you specific guidelines on this. But if someone wants to refinance a car and it makes sense, and he knows what he's doing, or she knows what he's doing, then we'll certainly do the loan. Okay, excellent. Well, now let me ask you this. Let's digress for a second. Do you have cars in your own collection that you don't mind talking about? Too many. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> <laughs> Too many, and I don't have enough garage space. And at my age, I'm going to start to get rid of some of them. So, uh, yeah, too many cars. My oldest car that I own is a 1928 Model A Ford uh, truck, uh, Cabriolet. And my next one, which I like driving a lot, is my 1939 Cadillac Convertible, which I do drive a lot, and I really enjoy that car. And I've got some other cars, too. I've got a 48 Ford Woody with 11,000 miles on it and a variety of stuff in the, in the 50s and 60s. So too much stuff. More time. I want more time to, uh, to utilize some of these things. Okay. Well, now let me ask you this. What are some of the events that you go to personally? Do you go to, like, Amelia Island and Pebble Beach and places like that? I've done them all. And uh, we've, I've got a lot larger staff now than when we started. So uh, I do a lot less sh shows now. Uh, I haven't done Scottsdale myself in probably three years. Uh, I think we did Amelia Island two years ago. Uh, you know, I'll probably do two or three shows this year. We are, we're also in the boat world. We also finance boats. We finance airplanes. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, I've done a few boat shows myself. Uh, we did the wooden boat show in Mr. Connecticut. We we're probably the only major lender in the country that will lend on wooden boats. And that's a little bit of a niche. We, we understand the wood boat world. Uh, and we do regular boats as well. But uh, And we do aircraft as well, So, uh, which is another niche. We will lend on, on older planes, which most lenders run to the doors for. So we'll lend on a plane, a Piper from the 50s or 40s or and that type of thing. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Do you, have you ever been down here to the uh, Mount Dora um, Vintage Boat Show that they have here in Florida? I have not, no. Okay. Well, my, maybe I should rephrase it. My question was, is in your leisure time, do you attend, let's say, like, for example, the Greenwich, Connecticut uh, concourse up there or, you know, St. John's or it used to be Meadowbrook or Amelia and Pebble and things like that? I mean, do you have, find time to be able to attend those and enjoy those events yourself personally? This year, my wife and I did go to uh, Greenwich, and uh, I have never been to uh, St. John's on Meadowbrook, and it's something that I wanted to do, and I have not done it. Uh, we're trying to focus on uh, 
on how to be successful in Michigan uh, with uh, the Woodward Dream, uh, Woodward Dream Cruise. And I think Meadowbrook is the same weekend as that. I could be wrong on that, but I think Meadowbrook is. Meadowbrook's the and, beginning of the month, and the Dream Cruise is the uh, third week of the month. Yeah, I thought it was the same. I know there's some conflict there. There's, there's, uh, yeah, that's right, because Monterey is the same weekend. As uh, Monterey is the same weekend as, Meadow, as Woodward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's a, there's, we're trying to figure out. We've certainly done Monterey, and I've been there many times, but trying to figure out how to successfully market ourselves with Woodward. And that's been a little bit of a challenge to us. And we know the Haggerty insurance people very well. Uh, I know McKeel Haggerty and the rest of the great guys over at Haggerty. Um, and, and they have the same problem we did. And they're from Michigan. Yeah, Traverse so, City. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's been a challenge for both of us to try to hit that audience there uh, because obviously it's a very mobile audience. goes through many towns and cities. So, uh, But, yeah, there's not too many places in the United States that I have not either been to the car show there, the Concord there, or the auction there. I, I can't think of, other than Meadowbrook, I can't think of any. No, there's not a lot going on. That's surprising, too, because that's, uh, you know, the, the, ca- the automotive capital of the world, and really in one regard. Right. Detroit. Do you, do you keep any of your cars down here in Sarasota, or is everything pretty much up there in... Um... Everything's in Massachusetts, and the garage is up in Massachusetts. Okay. Very good. Now, if people want to find out more about J.J. Best, how do they go about doing that? Uh, two ways. They can go to our website, jjbest.com. Again, that's jjbest.com. Our uh, phone numbers are 1-800-USA-1965. Again, it's 1-800-USA-1965. Uh, or they can, you know, the old-fashioned way is by the post office, 60. J.J. Best Bank Building, 60 North Water Street, New Bedford, Massachusetts, 02740. Super. Uh, we're very helpful in helping people find cars as well. Lots of people call us to get pre-qualified. We have 15, 1,600 dealers we deal with in the United States. And usually if someone comes to us, they get pre-approved. They say they're looking for, you know, a 1966 Corvette. We can email all our uh, dealers and ask if uh, someone has this particular car and this particular color and engine size and that type of thing. Super. Well, John, I want to thank you very much for coming on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You, it was, you've been a great guest. Thank you, thank you, thank you Robert. Look, looking forward to doing some uh, more talking with you. Absolutely. And, uh, if you're up in Massachusetts, don't hesitate to stop in and say hello at our facility up here. Absolutely. And if I do get out to Scottsdale, I'll definitely make a point to stop by your booth at, uh, at Russo and Steel and say hi to the gang. That's great. Okay, nice chatting with you. Have a nice night now. Thank you very much. That was our special guest for the evening, John Melbourne, president and founder of J.J. Best. If you want to get your car financed, if you want to borrow money against your car, call our good friends at J.J. Best. Hey, Bob, what do you got in the turntable? Anything kind of cool? Oh, we got some collective soul. Hey, let's play a little collect. Well, now that's pretty cool. That's uh, we're going into some. Uh, is that nineties music, right? Yeah. What do we got playing up? What do you got queued up there? That's you it. Surprise it. What's Collect- the name of the song? Shine. Shine. Oh, that's a good old song. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Frustrated looking for car shows? Want the latest in automotive news? How about videos and podcasts? Well, check out Speed Culture, the comprehensive automotive app now available on Google Play and the App Store. Speed Culture brings you motorsports event listings based on your current location. Speed Culture also brings you the latest news feeds, videos, podcasts, and more. Speed Culture, the automotive enthusiast mobile app. For more information, check out speedcultureapp.com and download it today. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey, it's uh, Chad McQueen up here at Rensport, and I am talking to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Have a good day. Peace. <laughs> okay, we're back. Thanks, Chad. That was uh, Chad McQueen, and we were hanging out together at uh, Rensport. A month before that, we were at uh, Monterey. Now, we had an interesting guest on, uh, John Melbourne, president of JJ Best, and I kind of wanted to do that show. What we're going to try to do this year a little bit is we're going to have a number of people on the show this year we're going to interview people in different aspects different phases of the automotive field whether it's in the restoration world whether it's in the classic car world as far as uh, brokering selling auctions uh, obviously in the finance world in the leasing world in the reproduction world all kinds of stuff so we got a really really interesting uh you know set of shows coming up here over the next four or five months so uh be sure and tune in every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 p.m. for the most legendary and fascinating names in Motorsport. Legendary, you know, would be the guys like the big racers, like people like Carroll Shelby, Dan Gurney, Mario Andretti, people like that. Fascinating guys. That could be you, me. The next guy could be a gentleman like uh, John Melbourne. It could be uh, Rick Schmidt from, uh, you know, National Parts to Bill. It could be a collector out of St. Pete, a restoration guy out of California, you know, somebody like that. So it could be any, you know, it's we're going to have a whole cross-section of people out An there. app builder. An app builder. Now, speaking of app builder, we've got an app builder on the phone. We do. We have yeah. an app yeah, is, it, is this a, the is angry this, app builder? The angry app builder. Hey, welcome to the show, Jeff Davis, the angry app builder, the wizard behind Speed Culture, the mobile yeah. enthusiast app. Now, Jeff, yeah, you left you left me you left me high and dry over here. Well, I wait a minute, don't no, I, like you. Well, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. but no, that's good because we split up. We kind of covered the state. Now, I I covered what I did. Now, you tell us what you did. Tell us about that fast thing that uh, Fast and Furious. Uh, it was called. It was called Wanna Go Fast. It was up at uh, this thing called Jumbo Air. Yeah, it's a neighbor, neighborhood where they build houses with uh, you know airplane hangers. Oh, okay. It was a runway, 
Um, there was a big runway, and uh, I, I went up there, and it was a lot of people up there. there was just the parking lot was probably a thousand cars, and you went in there, and um, and just a lot of people. There were a lot of people set up. They had um, they, they were basically doing runs, half mile runs, and and seeing how fast people could go. That event. What's really interesting about that to me is that that event sold out in 12 minutes. 12 minutes. So 12 minutes, 200 cars they limited to for like 300 bucks. Dang, go. So, I mean, there's, there, there, and they had some exotics there and stuff like that. In fact, the Lamborghini uh, decided to puke all over the track there <laughs> while, while I was there, which was kind of interesting. But, um, but anyway, yeah, that was, that was what I did while you were uh, hanging out with the with the big the, dogs down there. Down at the well, Jeff, we're just about out of time, but I, I tried to get you to call earlier. But uh, make sure, and we want to tell everybody, be sure and check out the Speed Culture app. If you want to find out what all the latest automotive events are, be sure and download on your Android or your Apple phone Speed Culture app. In the meantime, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgia Rating Cars. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Like us on Facebook, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Nostalgia Rating Cars. And very importantly, Speed Culture, the automotive app. Don't forget, Scott Stills this weekend. Check out Speed Culture Up to find out where all the car shows are. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDTF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker. We